Washington Chicago Baseball Podcast, Episode 5. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the executive producer of this podcast, the commissioner, Kids for the Win. What's up, buddy? Hello? Did you hear that? I was opening a beer in honor of a guest. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, but, um, it's 53 days, one hour, and 36 minutes, and 48, 47 seconds, 46 seconds to opening day. I am ecstatic. I I remember back in the day when you were like a little kid and sitting on my lap when uh, your mom used to come in and, you know, we used to sit around and start showing you some baseball and, you know, getting you interested in the game when you were a little young. And um, those are some good days. Kind of re- brings me back to those days. I miss those days. <laughs> So such great memories of you talking to me about baseball and the game of fantasy baseball. Yeah, when you were a little kid back in those days, sitting on my lap, it was great. All right. Anyway, our guest tonight is the one and only Mr. Dave, uh, the color man from the podcast of G uh, B G T F. What's up, Dave? Hey, 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 what's up? How's my favorite beer snob? Uh, I'm doing great. That was a really awkward uh, introduction by Matt. <laughs> I don't know if I can complete this podcast, especially without video. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, you uh, you and uh, your other fellow uh, podcaster, you guys are a little behind the times, but that's fine. That's great. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get you two set up and uh, we'll get you into the into the now you know so um but today's episode uh a trade behind the curtain mat i appreciate the research in our league uh the best and worst contracts of each team uh and then dave's uh rule twist i'm looking forward to discussing both of those and uh it should be a very good guest topic by uh both of you uh so uh maddie got any google doc updates yeah, so uh, updated on 129. Uh, the update was the Niz and Scotty's trade that everyone uh, was definitely a part of and knew about. I don't know if Chris even knew what happened, but you know maybe he did. Chris, um, knows. he's watching well, he, from above. <laughs> he's watching from above. Him and Kobe. Wow! 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 Oh, Too soon? Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll edit that okay. out. I don't know. Three minutes and 42 seconds. Um, yeah, um, cash and a four-year for Snell. Um, we don't have to discuss it, but that was what uh, – that's the last update on it. So, there you go. All right. This is a good trade. Uh, yeah. I think it helped both teams. I was a little surprised that Scott wanted to get rid of him, but I'm sure it's all part of his plan, uh, his strategy for the draft. So, uh, But it helped both teams for sure. All right, uh, Maddie, let's talk about look, look behind the curtain and what that is. Sure. So, I mean, it's our fourth podcast, uh, and I'm not going to lie, uh, topics are getting uh, slim, to be honest. So, um, me and Dave were discussing a trade. Uh, we were basically discussing a trade that would never happen, but he was just curious about, you know, what I would want for Cole. Um, and in all honesty, I looked at his team and there's nothing on his team that I would want for 
to, to, to take back or to, to take in return for Cole to make my team what I want it to be. That's not saying Dave has good, doesn't have good players. It's just saying that like what I think he would give me, I just don't see it. Like he, he just, he wouldn't give me what I would want for it. Um, and he wouldn't want to give away the players that he has for it. And on top of it, you know, I have a shortstop, I have a second baseman, um, and I have three great, amazing outfielders. I'm looking for a third base. I'd be looking for a first baseman. Um, and the one that he has, I already gave him. So it's not really like I want that guy back. Oh, so, you want him back. You know it. Uh, <laughs> um, so anyways, I, I text him back and, you know, I'll, I'll get back to you. Then I was thinking about it. And I'm like, you know, how do I tell him that I don't want any of his players in a nice way? It's not that he doesn't have players. Like I said, it's just, let me go through the, the quote unquote behind the scenes and kind of go over it. And uh, what I did was I just basically said to him that I feel Cole is worth $60 in the draft. So I feel like I have this $30 worth of perceived value, if you will. Which, on a side note, I know I told Dom this before and some other people that I hated that word value, but I think it is the I see it is the end all be all best way to describe someone's worth. So I am going to continue to use that word. And anyways, his perceived value of this thirty dollars, I feel like I can go out and get a first baseman of some type of caliber, like a Goldsmith, for maybe twenty dollars, let's say. So together, a Goldsmith of fifty or twenty dollars and coal of thirty dollars, that's fifty dollars. Together, though their perceived value is higher because of Cole's cheap price. Right. So it's, it's instead of that $50 for those two players, in my mind, I'm saving $30 and maybe I can get Goldsmith for 19. So maybe I'm saving $31. So I'm looking at Goldsmith on my slush fund, just so you know. He's, oh, I got (laughs) it. Took me a second. (laughs) Well done. Well done. Well done. Color. I'm here for color. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I hope you. I, I hope you. Have, <laughs> if you have twenty dollars in your slush fund, out for one player. Well, that's my. Mom, my. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's how I looked at it, and I went back to Dave's team. I'm like, okay, what can I get for twenty dollars? Uh, I mean, thirty dollars of perceived value. And then so I said, okay, I want Alonzo, uh, uh, Miguel Sano, and um, what was the other guy? You wanted uh, Giolito, Marte, and Sano. Oh, it wasn't even Alonzo? No. I have it. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't Alonzo. I wanted Giolito. Yep. And who else? Giolito, who's three years Sano. at a buck. Sano. Three years at a buck. Two years. Two dollars. Three years at two dollars. Sano is three dollars at two years. And then. And then Kettle Marte, one dollar for this year. Yeah, $1 for this year. So basically, in my mind, what I did is I picked two players that have never reached their – one player that has never reached his plateau, and at $3, that's Miguel Sano. And I'm like, I feel like he's got some worth value in there. You know, it's I don't know if he would go for $10 at the draft, but somewhere I think above 3 maybe, or maybe in that price range. Kettle Marte, sure, he would definitely go for more. But I, I was thinking, you know, that, you know, I don't think everyone believes in what he did. I mean – he is an older player and he, he, he's never really done that before type of thing. And then uh, Giolito, I wanted, you know, some type of pitching back. So in my mind, this is what I would want. I did not think that Dave would accept this at all. So, you know, that's where we're at. I mean, Dave left it as this is not a trade for us and we're going to move on from it. So, um, but what I wanted to say was that if Dave said, okay, I like this trade 
and let's go forward with it. And we talked about it more and we're like, Hey, you know, Jolito, he is a good pitcher and maybe, you know, he's got that value for you, but I really want Cole cause he's going to do what he's going to do. And I already have a first baseman and third baseman. So I don't really need to know. And, you know, he's always injured and he's really never played more than what a hundred and I think the most he's played was 148 games, you know, and that's going to, you know, with all my guys I already have on my team, you know, I, I can, I can do without him. Uh, Kettle Marte though, on the other hand, I kind of do need that type of guy. So maybe we, you know, let's talk about there and maybe we discuss that a little bit. <coughs> I just feel like if we were to make a trade similar to this, the league would go crazy. What are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. And what I wanted to say was behind the scenes, if two teams really did see that their sides were equal, you know, or they're getting back what they wanted, then so be it. And if the league could just maybe look at this as a whole and, you know, chew on it a little bit. And then maybe if you really, after that, you're like, I'm still, you know, flabbergasted that this happened and this is ridiculous. Then maybe reach out to one of the players and see where they're coming from. And then after all that, if you really wanted to veto, then go ahead and do it. But um, I just thought I put a lot of time and effort into texting you back you seem very appreciative of it and i'm like hey that that was a good non-trade i thought you know i'm like hey by the way i like my guy a lot and you basically said well you're an idiot and you like him too much so there you go and I, and i thought it was great so and i didn't, was like behind say, the scenes i didn't you didn't say you're an idiot, idiot though no, no i know you didn't I, you didn't no but uh i i will say this i i just randomly texted maddie because i want cole i'm like uh make me an offer for cole and maddie immediately responded back from work. I have Cole on my team, assuming that I thought Cole was on my team and I hadn't even been drinking yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just threw out. I might have been, though. Yeah, yeah hey, there you go. Um, but I just threw out, hey, man, I, I kind of want to know what you're thinking. Uh, can you throw me a, a trade? I don't care what it is. I did it to Dom, right, Dom? I did that to you, what, two weeks ago or so? Yeah, you're like, don't just throw me whatever you're like i won't be insulted just ask for this ask for the moon you said right and i had been drinking when i sent that to dom and i think i did get insulted but uh that's not neither here nor there no uh, <laughs> but like i for me i have problems because i feel like a, a lot of times i just don't get a lot of feedback that i'm looking for and um maddie sent you know a couple paragraphs of why he sent the trade and uh, for me, I, I think it made me realize uh, from you talking about that or sending that text is that we all perceive players way differently than other people. And we think about it in different terms because I felt like when you sent me that trade, you weren't valuing the back end of the contracts for uh, Sano and uh, Giolito. And... I don't think you value them as much as I do, and I can appreciate that. I had a conversation with somebody else tonight, and he said sometimes the, the back-end contracts don't matter at all. So it was really interesting to see that, and it makes you appreciate what everybody tries to get for their value, you know, um, perceived, what's perceived, what's not perceived. Uh, hey, I, there's back-end value. So. I think that's why it's really tough for certain people to trade in the league, not, not saying calling anybody out. It's just, it's, it's tough to do that. And I agree with you and that you did get jumped all over last year for that one trade. And we definitely did it quickly and we did not really appreciate that. Hey, how many times have we had a trade where it's taken a day to do 
versus the Alonzo trade that took us how many minutes did it take us to do the Alonzo trade? Thirty seconds. I don't know. Somewhere around there, but maybe like five minutes, maybe if that even. Yeah, you you responded back immediately, yes, and then I looked up to see if Pete Alonzo had like a wrist injury, um, (laughs) or some type of injury that I didn't know about, and I was like, okay, I'll take it. So, yeah, it's it's hilarious to me. When I look at that and I look how we've talked about other trades and we've made trades before, I think it's funny and that really puts it into context for me. Yeah, I agree. And and I think we're going to talk about this a little bit later on with the uh, rule twist. I won't give too much, you know. Oh I do leave something for that for for that part of it. But uh, you know, I think the whole AAA thing has brought into another <coughs> excuse me different dimension into the way people look at things from that perspective too. So, yep. And I, I it's funny cause now I feel like we overvalue it, uh, which I'll get into with, uh, with that rule twist later on. But it's, it, I, I, it's interesting. I went from, it's a really good value to, I think we now overvalue it. And the reason for the rule twist, uh, which I'll well, get into it. Dave. That's, that's what we call in the business, a cliffhanger. You oh, just yeah. say a little bit. So people, <laughs> They, they're, they're on the edge of their seats. Yeah. I think, I I think that's what it is. From this podcast is about yeah. teasing. No yeah. one teases yeah. better in the business than, so. than Matt. I'll, I'll even yeah. say that a lot of things you'll, you'll learn in this podcast. You can take to your podcast and apply them. And, you know, maybe you guys will be a little bit better for it. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a season two. I'm working on my contract right now. Oh, wow. Really? Oh. Yeah. I may need to find a new, uh, new host. Oh, jeez. Wow. Tough, tough. Hey, yeah, you wow. know, it, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a tough industry. It really is. It is. Dom does a great job. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I, 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 I bought Dom out. He's still, uh, he I mean, he was arbitration eligible for the like, next four years, but I bought him out at a cheap amount. But yeah. Oh, it's like he a bit. Chicago White Sox contract? No, not that one. More like a Philly, a Philly contract. I'm gonna take this. I'm gonna take my uh, contract to an arbitrator, and I'm gonna win my case. I'm gonna do the opposite of Chris Bryant, <laughs> and I'm gonna win it. Uh, I didn't have enough podcasts, and so I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna win my case. There's, there's no union, buddy. There's no union. <laughs> I'm gonna make one. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I think that's interesting. That you know, I think that's something that a lot of people don't see is is the the background and how much um work goes into some of these trades where i think some people just feel like it's attacks or a pose and that's it and then it gets accepted like you know i don't want to go back to uh me and maddie's trade last year but like that went on for like at least three weeks if not longer so um oh yeah I, yeah, but I think it's um, it's good to know that you know, like I know Dave, you want it more than anyone is uh, is kind of get you know what people think, you know, right? Just like you like it, what didn't you like about it? So you can at least talk about it. Where some people just you don't get anything. So well, I think I- it's good that people should try to take a little more uh, behind the curtain into uh, play with trades, right? And like I was talking to Niz tonight. Like for me, it's like, are we done? Right? Do you have a counter offer? 
do we want to talk? Is there? I, I got a decent team. There's got to be something there. But it's just like <coughs> I feel like uh, sometimes it's I throw it out there, or hey, you know, I'm interested in this. Okay, make me offer. I make them offer. No, and I, I do that sometimes too. But it's just like I feel like I come back with something if I'm really interested or if we're close. Um, so sometimes I feel like the the counter offer's not there. Like I've 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 emailed and talked to Chris and. He never, he never calls back and I feel lonely sometimes. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying sometimes it's a negotiation, man. It's two sides. It takes two sides to get there. Do you really want it? And if you don't, I get it. Like Maddie threw something out and I was like, all right, we're, we're far off. Um, and I knew I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't have what you could get there. So you showed me that and I appreciated that. Yeah, and you know we can maybe end it on this, but I can understand when people get upset or get angry or whatever, you know, frustrated at it. Is when people do just, you know, because Dom kind of, you know, said it a little bit that, that when people do the opposite of don't take the time, don't don't have the conversation, and it's just say, hey, I want this player, I want this player. What do you want for this player? And throw it out there, and you know, I'm. I'm a little calling out Sean on it. And that's kind of how I felt when Sean, you know, made that trade to you, Dom, uh, at the winter meetings. I mean, I was like, where were you coming from on this? Did you, you didn't even like, there was no conversation beforehand about it. You know, I know he wanted those players and there was maybe a, Hey, what do you want? Not even a, what do you want for this guy? Here's what I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you everything possible and you're not going to say no to it. Um, so that, that's where some people can get like, you know, upset or frustrated about it because the whole uh, fact that you didn't put any time or thought into this and you could have got more than what or less than what you got for it or blah, 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 blah. So I guess that's my two cents. All right. And then uh, we'll move on to our next topic, applying research to the league. Maddie. Yeah. So again, you know, uh, there's a lot of podcasts I've listened to. I've even, you know, recently hit the refresh on my podcast app and be like, oh, my God, what, what do I listen to now? And, you know, and I'm definitely a, uh, a uh, whore, if you will, to, you know, barrels and rates. And I just got to listen to it no matter what. Um, and I also just like it. It's just a good podcast in general. That'd be you with know, the athletic, I think correct? He, Yes, it would be with Athletic, okay. yes. Um, Never heard of that. What is that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. That's Dom. He's got a membership. Oh, does, does he? Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> you got permission to do that? <laughs> yes, I I did. I was trying to keep it a secret, but uh, I had I was forced to reveal my hand. <laughs> Are you sure Angela doesn't l- listen to this podcast? I, as far as I know, she doesn't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send her this episode. Just Dom, Dom, tell, tell real quick before we go on. Uh, we got some time. You know, it's late on a Saturday. We've all been drinking. Dom, tell everybody how I found out you had a uh, subscription to that. Oh my God, you were hiding this from Maddie. Yes. <laughs> so uh, as we all saw a couple weeks ago, Maddie sent a text out with a little uh, GIF emoji of uh, him saying that Eno Sarah's responded to his. Uh, question. Well, I saw on the athletic that during this time frame that you could ask Eno Saris um, open any questions and he would reply. 
So once I saw that, I'm like, I will, I have time. I'm going to scroll through what people asked. I will look for Matt W. And I was able to find Matt W.'s post question. So Dom, wait, not... before you say it, how long was that? Was it like two paragraph question? No. Oh, no, it wasn't. But there was, there was like 248 a... people that responded to or had questions, just so you know. Yes. Wow. 248 people. And he responded to 247, including you. No, he responded I, almost all of them, I think. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so, sorry. Yeah. So I went through, scrolled until I saw Matt W. Oh, I saw Matt W. I saw the question. And I was very disappointed to see him. Like, I couldn't see the response. But he said he responded, and then I, that's when I said I texted Matt and with his question, and he replied that, oh, my God, what are you doing? How do you have all this time? And I'm glad that the question, the answer from him was emailed to him instead of being posted. He did it Ooh. after his, uh, his time session because that he last, had posted. Yeah, I got in at the last, like, maybe three, four minutes, and I asked my question. And I got a little like uh, alert that said, you know, or header header to the to the um, question that all questions asked after five minutes will responses will be emailed or um, submitted later. So I got one later on. So do we get to know the question? I'm on I'm on the edge of my seat. It's like a cliffhanger. The question was um, thinking about punting a category, and the category was um, saves. Who would you consider? Um, uh, who would you consider um, drafting in, in in lieu of that? And I asked either more starting pitching or uh, longer relievers or um, shorter relievers, the guys that would get holds, kind of things. Okay. Or or it was like basically it was it was the last one. There was like three or four different guys, wasn't there? Down. I don't know. I w- I didn't see the response. I just saw that. What you posted? No, I, no, oh, yeah. I know what I, three or four different what I, types. Yeah, I I asked three different four different types of yes. pitchers. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. I forgot what the other one was. I said longer relievers, like short relievers, short more starting pitching, short starters. Or it was oh no, or, or openers. That's yeah, what yeah. it was. Openers, short starters. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. So that's what it was, and then he sent back an answer. The answer, actually, I'm glad you didn't see the answer because the answer actually had some players' names on it. Oh, wow. Do you still yeah. open it but, up um, day? Do you open up that email and look at it? No, I actually haven't <laughs> opened that email. I'm, I'm pretty, he does it no. privately. He, t- he opens <laughs> it privately. <laughs> He'll be at work. Hey, I got to go in the back room. I'll be in the office for a minute. Do not interrupt me. I'm going to let Jill listen to this podcast, too. <laughs> 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 so, hey, Dom, that yes. trade I offered you earlier uh, in the week, if you go ahead and accept that, I won't go ahead and send this podcast to Andrew. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, back on time. All right. So, I'm yes. to our league. And so I'm listening to all these podcasts, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to pick one up. And then um, I just know, I've noticed that over maybe, maybe this year, more so than any, any other year, there's just no uh, – it's all ADP stuff, ADP. Oh, so-and-so ADP. Even, like, when you listen to fan graphs, they're like, okay, if you want to follow along with us, go to, you know, NFBC, 
and then go to the adjust the time frame, and we're going to do it from draft championship leagues only, and we're going to do it from you know uh, yeah December twenty fifth through today, and then you could follow along with us on this. And and I understand that, that is the masses. That's that's everybody. But I was having a conversation with Dom about this. Why couldn't you say that every time we talk about this? We're also going to talk about it in an auction format and because every auction is different and every, you know, excuse me, every league is different and everything else. We're just going to say that it's a 12 team, five by five league with a 270, 280, $250 cap, whatever you want to say it is. And that's the format that we'll abide by. That's the format that we're going to, quote unquote use. And so when we're talking about this and we're talking about, you know, shortstops and we get to shortstop number six and it's Gleyber Torres. Um, we think Gleyber Torres is a $30 player, just so you know, in that format. And then we could, then we could say if we were the hosts or we were the people in the podcast, we could say, you know, but I don't like Gleyber Torres as $30 player. I like, you can get someone a lot more and someone like, I don't know. Um, Who's on your team, Domino? Who's your um, Philly shortstop? What's his name? Or he's shortstop eligible, I think, maybe. Kingery. You can, I can get Kingery because I like his profile. I, I He's going to get full-time at-bats at this year. Unless he fucks it up, he's going to basically be their, what, center fielder? No, that's uh, McCutcheon. He's going to be their left fielder. Maybe it's right fielder. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure Max is, like, screaming right now. But anyways, um, that guy would be better. So where he's a $30 player, quote unquote, in this format, I wouldn't pay that much money for him. And then I could take that information as something I could apply to the draft. So when Torres came up and he goes for 22, I'm like, well, someone didn't like him. I know this guy I listened to didn't like him for 30 and 270. He's, you know, right now 22. I kind of think that that's about what he's valued in our league. So I'll do it. And then if I got him for 22, I would like it. I don't know. I was just, I thought of that. And that's kind of how I would like to see some of these podcasts I listen to or some of the information I listen to, but um, applying the research that I, that we all do and how we, how, how we take that and turn it into um, knowledge for us for the draft is, is, is something that is interesting because it is hard. It really is. Our league is something that you can ask us. I mean, I'm not saying he's having a hard time with it, but he's asking a lot of questions, which I'm, I'm happy with, but um, I'm sure he's, you know, he, he's going to go through some, some first year um, bumps, you know, bumps. Thanks. Um, so I don't know you guys, what, what are some of the things that you do, I guess? Well, I'll say that while, while I get into the beer, you, you brought this up during the, uh, our trade and stuff. And I agreed with you. It's a good topic. Um taking it to a different degree you know i listened to a mock draft today and it was just about a snake draft you know but i listened to it because one i had time and i was in the car whatever and i listened to it specifically just to get their views on where they feel players should be taken and it's the same thing guys like ah i can wait on uh i don't take labor torres because i can wait a few rounds and go back right so it's all in how you're listening to the information that's out there and who they like and for me, you know, I don't do as much research as you do, so it's easier for me to throw on a podcast, even if it's something that doesn't relate to our league, just to hear about the names, 
and who they like, who they think is worth the wait. And it, it will give me something to look at and say, okay, well, maybe I target this guy at a lower uh, price. Um, it's tough. You know, our league is an anomaly. And uh, once you set a value on somebody, it affects values on others. So meaning there's not that many, whatever category it is, catcher, second baseman, it doesn't matter because like right now, second baseman and shortstops, there's a lot of good contracts of $1 or a little more. So now when you're going into the draft, that inflates the prices of who needs that. If it's down to three or four people, they're going to have to bid and spend their money a little bit more than what they would want to. So that's why it's an anomaly to me. Uh, But you take a glimmer of information and try to apply it to our league and have fun with it. And it kind of puts things in perspective or you'll maybe find a new name that you weren't thinking about. That's how I take it. Yeah. um, Yeah. I think like, you know, I like what both of you said. I think the biggest thing is um, you can find good stuff about every player and you can find bad stuff about any player. Matt likes to text me and Max things he finds, negative things about our players, just ripping them. So the other day I was kind of bored, and I just Googled a couple of Matt's players until oh, I found Lord. something <laughs> until I found something negative, and then I screenshot and sent it to him and Max just because that's what he likes to do. So I think, you, like you said, you know, uh, the biggest thing is, like Dave, you said, anomaly of like you know this year a lot of the big starting pitchers are going to be available where in the past they haven't been so then these tier three guys all of a sudden are are the tier one guys because most of the tier one guys are gone and they go for more uh than what they expect but i think you really like you said with that mock draft you listened to it was just taking just getting things from it and trying to put take what you want to take from it. If you're a big guy on, you know, quality starts, then this is the guys you'll be going for. Where if you're worried about K's or ERA and whip, or if you're worried about stolen bases, this is what you're going to go for. So I think that's the biggest thing. And what makes this league as great is that all of us have different ways of going around things and values and, and expectations. So I think that's one of the coolest things about this league. Yeah. Well, and can I add one more comment? I, I think it's kind of interesting, and Gus, don't take this the wrong way. Gus's comments about, because um, you've never been in the draft, so you don't know how this league flows, and it is interesting, and hey, maybe you're in a league that's similar to this, but you're like, hey, there should be no guy that gets, everybody should be bid up, and no guy should go for a dollar. Well, hey, I got a very few positions to fill and I'm probably going to get screwed. I don't think I'll be there at the end of the draft, but there is going to be an end of the draft where it is three or four guys with about five positions to fill. And there will be plenty of $1 players going out there. And there's three of us that have been in this league right now on this podcast. And maybe I'm wrong, but uh, what do you two guys think? How many, you think there'll be a few $1 players out there at the end of the draft? Absolutely. Well, always is. Because there's always one or two people that are at the end of the draft, and no one's going to upbid someone for one of those players. And I can tell you, I'm not driving up bids because I don't want anybody dropped on me because I can't afford it. Yeah. 
I yeah. mean, also, Gus doesn't know that there's going to be two people that draft. They're going to be drunk, screaming, and yelling at him. And there's going to be one person in the hey, draft hey, that's hey, just going to yell. And- Calm down. <laughs> I'm not no, showing but, uh, I'm drunk, okay? Just so you know, uh, there are a couple of stacks that open up early. So <laughs> you'll get what you guys but, get. But, I mean, kind of the last thing on this thing, too, and this kind of went back to the topic we talked about last week, was that, you know, draft strategy and then applying research to this league is this I've – I've never been in a, in a and any of the times we've done this thing. Excuse me, I uh, I've never found my I never found myself where I'm like, wow, I don't know who to draft. There's just this kind of glob of players I want to draft because there's always been like a couple of the you know uh, industry favorites that I'm like, oh, I want to get one of those guys. Like last year, a couple, you know, it was Pete Alonso for me. And um, who'd you miss on? The pitcher from uh, – uh, who'd I miss on? Who'd you miss on? Who who got away from you? Um, Do you remember? Who got away from me? That you kind of wanted well, or hoping, oh, maybe it'll go cheap and somebody fucked you with a $4 bet. Uh, there's uh, Corbin Burns okay. and Brandon Woodruff. Yep. Uh, we're two. Um, Max got one. I don't know uh, who that would have been, though. That's good, though. That's those are those about. are two. Yeah, those are two guys. But anyways, what what I was trying to get at was the draft strategy, looking at how to apply it. This year, I've done more of research on the guys I already have, and learning and understanding where everyone values them, and then what their flaws are. So I can go into the draft and draft the guys that will counteract the guys I already have their flaws just for the simple fact that I don't see this guy that's out there that I really, really want because he's already taken. And and he really is like Max has two of them. Uh, Ken still to this day. I mean, he has, he has Your whole two team. of them that I, he has my whole team, but I mean, like, I mean, he really does though. I mean, the, I still like Jansen. Uh, I still like Mikado. Um, I I like uh, – I love Paddock. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. If I it wasn't for you, man, I don't on. know how Ken would even have a fucking team. I just don't care. I know. <laughs> uh, Biggio, I like Biggio. He actually picked up Biggio. Uh, he got $2 because I had a dollar on him. I thought I could have got him. He has Griffin Canning on it. I'm not even going to say how much. Griffin Canning – and there's two guys that are this year's – would have been my guy, and there would have been Griffin Canning and another one, Dom has him. Um and then uh, the other one is um, Kibu. So he literally has most of the guys that I coveted or covet this year. Uh, and then Dom has, of course, Gallon. So I think you should outside give, of that, uh, Ken, your egg roll recipe, just so he can come to the draft with some good egg rolls. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just to wrap it up, uh, I don't know. You know, it, it, it's a tough thing to do, like you guys said, and. And how, how everyone does it is, is completely different. I know like Max, Max and I have talked about this before. Like he looks at uh, ATC um, projections and he makes a spreadsheet off of that. Not to, to say that's something crazy and something, something new. It's just, it is what it is. And uh, that's, that's a different way of doing it too. So, um, but this year is, is, is a year I've never seen before for, for myself. And that I'm more looking at what my, I, my team is now. And I'm applying that research that's out there to what those guys can do and then using it to draft players that won't hurt me when those players falter. 
Cool. All right. All right. We'll move on to Dave's first guest topic. Uh, best and worst contracts. Uh, I think each of us did three of our best contracts and three of the worst contracts. So, Dave, if you'd like to go first with uh, your three worst contracts. So, uh, three worst. Um, and again, the funny thing is, is looking at this, there are much more good contracts that outweigh the bad contracts. Um, I probably, when I was looking at it, came across about, uh, I think, six for each category. Uh, six or seven. Um, so I'll start with the worst by far, Clint Frazier. The Yankees keep screwing him. I fucking hate the Yankees. Um, they're horrible. Please trade this guy so I can get some value. I've sent emails. Nothing's been responded. It's horrible. I feel bad. So um, it's the only multi-year contract I think I picked out of the bunch. Uh, three, two years, three years. I don't even know. I don't want to know. Uh, Clint Frazier for me. Uh, and then the next one would be Manny Machado. So I was debating between Manny Machado and Jose Altuve. I think Jose Altuve has the better bounce back, but Manny Machado is out of the like the top 10 third baseman now. He's not going to have shortstop eligibility. Thank God, because he'd be out of that top 10. Um, so at 38 bucks, I think that's a bad contract. And then uh, Lorenzo Cain, whoever's saddled with that guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, I love Lorenzo Cain. I, he just had, I'm hoping he bounces back, but he's a little bit older. And at $24 where he's ranked, that's, that's not a good contract. So those are my three worst. Um, my best. So my best, there's a lot of good best contracts. Uh, my goal when I looked at the best contracts was a multi-year contract under single digits. So uh, Walker Bueller, and I think everybody will agree. I think there are a lot of people trying to get him. So, and I, I also looked at somebody that put up more than just a year. I wanted a year, year and a half out of somebody. Uh, so Walker Bueller, uh, Cody Bellinger. I don't know if you guys have heard of that guy. He's pretty good. And, Who's he uh, play for? Uh, I believe it's the Angels. Okay, right. And um, <laughs> yeah, some California team. And the Dodgers had to give myself some love on the the good category since I like have the worst contract in the league right now. Uh, Glaber Torres, I think, is uh, going to be really, really good. He's going to keep progressing. So uh, those are my good and bads. Very nice. Matty, uh, you're good and bads? Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't do it right away. I should have done this a little bit earlier. But um, so mine are bam there. I have $38 <laughs> Manny Machado. I think that's. Um, I, I uh, hold on. Let me put it in the right spot. That's great. No, you're good. You're good. I agree with what you thirty-eight dollar Manny Machado was. Yep. I, I agree. I, I I don't. I I just. I mean, I listened to a third base a third base podcast the other day, and he was like fifteenth, or one person had him almost fifth. He had him, yeah, had him fifteenth, and it was just ridiculous. I just don't know if like I don't know why or what you would think that thirty-eight dollars would be good for that guy. I mean, me and you, Don, were talking about it where you you at one point said I give you fifteen dollars and I give you something and we could talk about it. So the other one is a $15 one year. Yes. Well, Puig, I am a firm believer that this dude will not, will not 
sign with the team until after the first year player draft, which is in June. So Niz essentially is going to keep this guy on his team, pay $15 for nothing for almost a half a season. And then he's going to sign with the team and be a part-time player. So congratulations to wasting 15 bucks. And then Dom, oh, wait, sorry. Maddie, yeah. Would you, would you cut him? Yes. And I would, I would have already done it. Or what I would have done is at the draft, I would have seen if I could have got anybody, anybody to take him for anything. Does it make you mad? Anything. I, Cause I agree with you on that contract. He was on my list. Does it make you mad that yeah. he had all the tools to be one of the great players in the league? And he's such a lazy fucking ass. No, dude, that arm, I don't, he had speed. He, had, he, I mean, it doesn't make me mad that he chooses to do this with his life. I just makes me mad is that Niz is, I think a somewhat smart guy and fantasy and chose to trade away, uh, a $25 player that one time was one of the best players in baseball to get Yasuo Puig at two years and $15. He's a difference maker. Who, Niz or Yasuo Puig? Niz. Niz. I just think it's a bad – that was a bad trade. And, you know, again, going back to it, I mean, like, you know, get get in the box type of thing. There Uh-oh. were so many trades that in my mind I was like, what the F is going on here? This is stupid. And no one's saying anything. Yet, you know, me and Don make a trade. Oh, this is going to go on forever. Maybe he, but, uh, maybe he had to take him to get that trade to go through. Let's let's leave it. At I wouldn't. I wouldn't have taken him. Okay. All right. Next. I'm just saying, like, yeah. And then I, I looked at this one a while back um, when you brought this topic up. It was one of the guys I first thought of was uh, twenty-three dollars. Jamar uh, Marquez. Actually, that's another guy that I kind of wanted. Um, and that's just – that's a bad contract, I feel like. Well, we'll see. I just – I really do think it is. He was on my list also, uh, too. Yeah. Uh, so, some of the good contracts, $2 Jack Flaherty. And I understand. You can say all you want. It was a second-half thing. Um, I've listened to so many um, industry guys talk about this, and they literally – every time they talk about it, they talk from both sides of their a-hole. And they're talking about, oh, he's only been – you know it was only a second half. And then later on, they're talking about some other guy. Would you see what he did in the first half? Then he got injured. You know, if you apply those stats over a full season or, or they talk about some prospect and they talk about, well, you know, he was in, he was in single A, then he was in double A, then he was in triple A and he only got, you know, 10, 15 and 30 games. And if you apply that over his full season, I'm like, okay, so it's okay if you do it with those players, but you talk about Jack Flaherty and he did it over a half season. You don't do it. And then no one, no one, Mentions Kyle Schwarber and what he did over a quote unquote half season last year. So you know what? I think Jack Flaherty is a fantastic player, yes. and I appreciate Memo seeing that in him when we made the trade. And I'm still a little bitter because I kind of want Jack. I was going to say you sound a little bitter about this. I I feel like I gave away a lot. I like the guy That's a lot. Awesome. I really. Do. But uh, and then the other one that uh, the most bitter person in in this entire league, Cody Bellinger. Uh, I, to this day, I, uh, I, I can like, there's, there's moments in your life, you know, when you can see at any part of the, t- any, any, any time in your life, you know, any day I can be in the bathroom and I can think back about the time when Niz looked to Pete and said, bit him up, man. He likes this guy to Pete. And then Pete goes, all right, I'll go $7 on Cody Bellinger, who was in triple. No, he wasn't even triple A. He, I think he was in double A at the time. And he put him on his triple A spot. Like with that year we were at Memo's house, like four years ago, no, three years Dave's ago. House. Memo's oh, the Dave's host. house, yeah. 
They there were, was a host. They were in the house. other room. We were at the table. Yep. And they were in the, and... the front room or whatever. The other wow. Room. Yep. Wow. We remember. So, oh, I remember to this day. I, I can tell you the expressions. I can tell you everything Everything that happened. I was pissed. But Cody Billiger is a good contract. Uh, so just so, um, you know, I had, I, just so you know, but, Maddie, on that, I read a book and it said he was worth eight. Oh well, that's 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 a stupid that's a stupid book. I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, but um, I had one more. Um, I mean, we we can talk about it. You know, both these guys are two of these guys I've, I've been talking about was on uh, Memo's team, but uh, Eloy at you know two dollars. Uh, Niz also has um, um, what's his name at a buck. Uh, Vladimir Vladimir Guerrero. Both yeah. those guys were. Tra- yeah. They weren't on their teams to begin with, um, type of thing. So that's why I didn't include them. Yep. Um, Scotty also has um, Byron Buxton at a dollar, and that is like, I mean, if you want to talk about the bet, no, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's a bad contract. But anyways, go ahead. No, I, like guys. I said, that's why I prefaced it with like I tried to stay away from one of your guys. There's a lot of good contracts out there. I kind of wanted to go with at least a year and a half and and proved with multiple contracts that's where i came up with my stuff so, yeah real fast real fast I, I, i'm gonna add this in real fast I'm sorry dom i know before we go to your guys but um just wanted to in this type of conversation we're talking about good contracts and bad contracts and i i i, I think i've talked about this before going back to like pj's team he's got a 41 24 2 and 11 dollar player that were all on two-year contracts do you think that this league on top of everything else that's going on with valuing AAA players more and all this other stuff, you also go to Gus's team where he had a $78 player, a $58 player. And I know it wasn't Gus, it was Drew. But Drew and PJ both had more players on their team at multiple years. Excuse me again. They were over $20 than we've ever seen before. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. Do you think that's something that, that, that's going to keep going on? No. I, I think because – like if you look at so my with trade that I got trout for ended up trout came to me for fifty eight dollars so I was ecstatic. Um, so I, I why lock somebody up for seventy eight if he's going to probably go for seventy eight the next year if you really want him. But but that's what I'm saying. We we had two players that had multiple guys. I'm talking about we had eight players on two different teams that were over twenty dollar contracts. Right. I, it, that's a lot. It's not worth the bid. It's not worth the bet on that player because you can get them again for that price, or you can get them for less. So why do it? Because like I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you see that, but I mean, you just had Sean buy a player that was thirty eight dollars for more than what he was worth. You have PJ that has. Four, uh, three players on his team that are over ten dollars, or two players that are at least over twenty, and then you have uh, Dom who did it. Sorry, Domino, but you have two players that were over twenty dollars on your team. So you may think that, Dave, well, but well, I do Dom. think that it's Dom. Would you do it again with those two players? No, I thought I thought both of them. I thought I was getting uh, them at cheaper prices than they would go after in. If next year, so I thought I would. I thought, and I felt at the time like if Machado, especially Machado, I felt like if I could trade him 
you know, if I needed to, I figured someone would be willing to take a chance on them. Um, I think we kind of talked about this last week too. I think you'll start seeing more people trying to take a chance on players, but I don't think, you know, the $70 range, but I think you'll start seeing more than people than what we normally have been seeing in the one year in the three year spots of, you know, under $10. I think you're going to start seeing players in the teens, maybe even the twenties, uh, rolling the dice saying, Hey, I got this guy for 15 bucks. I think next year he's going to be a $30 guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the chance and put him on a three or four year contract. So I think we will start seeing more of that uh, just because of how the league's kind of going. Everyone wants to be able to get ahead of the curve and uh, they're willing to take that chance. Uh, like, like I said, last year I thought Machado was worth the 38. I thought he was, that was undervalued. I used the discount on him. So, but yeah, Puig, or not Puig, uh, Kane, definitely wouldn't do that again. I'm probably most likely going to drop him and get twelve more dollars, get the twelve dollars back, then and use that somewhere else. But uh, before you drop them, talk to me. Just okay. Uh, my worst three, I put El Tuve. Uh, obviously, still quality, but I feel like he's definitely more than uh, that's way too much for him. And then I put myself, I put Kane, obviously, uh, as you guys both did, and then Urias. Uh, I know he's a dollar, but suck a dick. You, <laughs> but you don't like we, his. But as guy. we, but as you said, Dave, if you wanted him the following year, you could you could get him for you could get him for a 50, 50, 50 minutes and twenty six seconds. That's start cutting on this one, and then we'll end it when you guys stop talking. <laughs> so those are my three uh, bad ones. Like you said, Dave, if you want Urias, you can just get him the next year. You don't need to put him on a long-term contract. And then my best three, I put obviously. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you tell everyone what I traded him for? Because I traded actually, and I gave up um, uh, Bradley. So bitter, so bitter. Anyway, we're not here <laughs> about the backstory. And then the best, uh, obviously Juan Soto, seventeen dollars. Obviously, he's. Go if we were in a snake draft, he's number one or possibly number three anywhere. Who's you, team? He, who's who's team? He's on. He'd be on yours. Okay. So, right. uh, well done. You, yes, um, he is. You know, seventeen dollars, but that's way under value uh, from where he is. And then I put my boy Alvarez because uh, his upside, and then a guy that I felt like was a little more was. You know, was story at twenty five, but I feel that's way under value for what he is. So those are my three. Other than obviously the Bellinger one, I I felt you know was probably one of the best ones out there. So a lot I wanted of to go a little. I, bit. I like that. I like that last one. I think to this day, like I think there's more. Um. I don't even know how to say this. I'm not trying to get too deep into it, but I think there's more like um, philosophy 
behind these drafts that we do, and there's more like this, like uh, you you got you got to pay attention to every goddamn little second and every little thing that happens. And when that story came up, and wait, excuse me, people were bidding on it. I can still remember when it was at like like six or seven dollars. It wasn't going anywhere. And like looking at Scott's expression on his face, looking at the way he was like, "What's going on? Like this isn't right." Like. He's, he he's, he's, he has that expression, you know, he's like, he's got that, like, what? And if I would have just taken 10 seconds or three seconds to realize, holy shit, this is, this is going to be a lower value player. No one's bidding on him. Uh, I, I, I looking around the room, there's like four or five people that weren't even paying attention. And I was like, well, shit, like someone's going to get a value on this. And, um, he didn't. He got a $25 player that honestly the the last two years have been, he's been in the, t- in, the in the top 10, if you will. I mean, there, there's debate of him being one of the top shortstops in the league. So kudos to Scotty for assessing the situation and understanding what's going on at the time and taking advantage of it. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, we'll move on to your, your second topic, uh, Dave. The rule twist. Um, let's hear it. I know everyone's been waiting, waiting for a good fifteen minutes to hear this. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, cliffhanger. Hopefully, everybody's still awake. Um, no. So I was thinking of I wanted a no trade contract and uh, different. We can't do a no trade contract like what pros do. So I was looking at like AAA getting overvalued and. You know, they get treated like whores and traded around and their feelings get hurt. So my thought was this is a no trade contract. When you take a triple A player up to your four year contract, you can take him to a three year and this doesn't count. But if you take him to a four year contract, you can't trade him for two years, meaning he has to drop to a two year contract. He's yours. Enjoy him or cut him. But he is yours for that time being. And I feel like it just balances out what's going on. Um, it makes you think, because I thought of this because Matty was talking to Memo, and Memo says he has great three-year AAA players, and Matty called him out on it and said, you didn't really get most of these guys. You traded for them, and you've done a great job doing that, and I agree. So I was like, hmm, you know, it's kind of interesting, and I wanted to know trade contract, so I'm thinking about bringing this up. I think it would put a, a interesting twist because I don't want. I feel like right now AAA is kind of overvalued and it's overdone uh, because everybody's looking for the next big thing at a dollar and then they end up trading them the year after, or two years after, or whatever it is. So that's my thought. Uh, rule twist. Throw that in for rules next year. I'll be bringing it up. Uh, your guys' thoughts. It definitely would make people think before they move them up you would definitely would see a lot more uh, thought and maybe you would see the price even go up more knowing that that uh they couldn't trade them if they put them in a four-year and uh that so we might see guys going for way more than uh than expected with this before before they get moved so it's definitely something interesting i know a couple of guys in the league don't even really value the triple a spot and uh i'm sure they would they could care less 
about it, but the ones that do, I think it would definitely change how they trade and how stuff at the end of the selling goes too. Yeah, those guys yeah, I... that don't value it might look at it a little bit differently because now it, their thought is, oh, I'll just get that guy when he wants to trade him or I'll figure something out or it's not that big of a deal because there's a lot of good contracts out there and there's a lot of players that are available that way. Yeah, I mean, my only thing on it, it would be is like, what does this quote unquote do for the league? Like, why why would you bring this up? to how does this better to the league? How does this better trading? How does this better whatever it is, is my, you know, my first answer, my first question for it. Um, what I would propose as a twist to that rule would be, and some thought behind it, but sorry, what I would propose would be simply that after you call up a AAA guy and you put him in any contract, a one-year, two three or four year that you have to keep them for one year. So if I called up, I don't know, whatever it may be, uh, who knows? It doesn't I don't matter. Have much. You call yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, Bill Smith. I call up Bill Smith and April 10th. So on April 10th, uh, next year after that in 2021, then I can trade Bill Smith. And then, then he's available to be traded, and you have to keep him for that time frame because it kind of when after you you know we did the the draft I mean the the podcast prep for this I was thinking about it and I I, I still go back to thinking about Niz and and like his buying of um what's his name um, Vlad Junior uh, Vlad Junior it's just it came out of nowhere right I'll give you a hundred dollars for this guy the first. First thing I thought of is like, dude has no idea what he's doing because I was literally just talking to him in the bathroom about both of his third basemen, and he 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 had no idea that it was like almost like we had the conversation for the first time, even though we we were texting for like a couple of days prior to it, and um you know to me and um, you know I'm not trying to make anything bad about this is just is that he has a very high level of commitment to this league, but then at times it's just he completely doesn't think about it because he has a lot, you know, there's other stuff going on in his life that's either more important or whatever it is. I mean, I literally go to bed sometimes thinking about who I would like to trade or who I'd like to get and stuff like that. And I, I'm weird. And I have problems with it, but it, that's kind of like that level, that level of uh, interest, I guess sometimes is, is, um, is weighed on certain players and certain team uh, on certain teams. And so going back to that, 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 that day, I was like, what is he thinking? Like, I, I still don't get this. And then a couple months later, hanging out in a, a brewery with you, Dave and Niz and Niz is still trying to trade this guy that he just paid a hundred dollars for that's doing semi well, kind of well, and got called up and he's in the bigs and he's still trying to trade him. And I'm like, Dude, you got this guy for a hundred dollars. You spent a lot of money this year on this one prospect. Now you're trying to trade him at any given chance you can get, and I don't get it. It's like it's like what are you going to do? Um, so it goes back to my original thought of what or why would this rule make the league better? And I do think that if we implied some type of um, uh, limitation on the time frame when you can trade a triple a player after he was called up that'd be interesting it, it would make people like okay i got the guy 
Um, and I can't pay them for a year. Maybe what I'll do is I'll keep them for another year. On that 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 one year that he gets called up, I'll keep him and see what he does. And if he does really well, then maybe I'll I'll call him up the next year because I have to with the rules that we play with. Or maybe I can trade him on that AAA contract and someone else can call him up. Um, well, and and I so- said, Maddie, I said two years because I feel most most AAA players, a lot of AAA players get traded within the one year period that they get brought up. Um, so that's why I said two years, because it really makes you think about what you're going to do with this guy. Is he worth it? Am I going to throw him on a three year instead? Um, just throws some interesting challenges. It's still, you got a lot of AAA players out there, but now it makes you think a little bit more on what you're doing with that four year. And again, you can still cut him if it's a buck or something like that. I think it just brings uh, a little more importance. We have more AAA players that are going to be on teams. So I think it's it would be a fun little twist to throw in there and, again, make this league different from most other leagues. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, it, it, for sure, it's, uh, it's uh, interesting. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, something to think about. I think it's definitely going to be something uh, – it's going to be well discussed at the winter meetings when it's brought up and it'll be interesting to hear what people's, uh, where the, what side they're on about it or what a little twist they would like. Like Maddie was always saying, already talking about one year and, and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting, but, uh, I thought it was a really good topic to just talk about at least between the, us three for sure. And you know what? I mean, just to kind of add to this, Max did bring up a uh, a rule that was a uh, – it got a yellow tag to it, so that means it was a consideration for next year to continue talking about. But it, he was saying, like, build the AAA spots to five over the next couple of years. So in 2020 – so really this would be 2021, we would add one, 2022 add one more. And, you know, we would build one till it got to five, and then over um, – only pay for the minor league spots when drafted and claimed EI for the rights. Uh, and then he says, and again, when you call them up, uh, prospects can be claimed for $1. Um, I don't know. I'm a little drunk. So reading this is not really resonating with me right now, but maybe something like building the AAA spot, building AAA five, and then having a rule where you can't trade them for the first year or so or two years after they're brought up is something that, you know, can be um, talked about as well. Uh, I mean, it's interesting. Interesting. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to say the least. Definitely. And then uh, before we wrap up, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Uh, the beer of the week. The guest, uh, Dave, what do you got for us? Uh, tonight uh, has been brought to you by uh, Salamoth, uh Beverage of Champions. Um, it is their uh, stout, but this one is whiskey barrel aged with coffee. Uh, it's a whiskey barrel aged milk stout coffee with cherries and vanilla. Uh, very, very good. 15 percenter, uh, big bottle, like a wine bottle. So, yeah, I just dropped that. That's pretty. It's a good beer. <laughs> That's impressive. Thank you. Maddie. So, um, you know, with my love of the hazy IPAs, um, I went, you know, try to get something that was local <laughs> and something I've never tried before. And I got, um, I, I got a beer. It's called Voltaire. 
uh, options rule the world. I thought that was a cool saying, a little slogan. It's a very cool can, very um, kind of 80s-ish, if you will. Um, it's uh, from Hop Hop Thesis, Hop Thesis, Hop Thesis, Chicagoland Beer. It's a hazy IPA featuring Citra, um, Azacra, and Simone Hops. It's really good. It's a uh, six and a half, six point seven percent volume. But uh, yeah, uh, a Voltaire is the name of this one. Uh, options ruled the world. I thought it was really cool. It's delicious. It's juicy as fuck. I'll tell you that. Nice. I didn't think it was gonna be that juicy, but uh, yeah, I almost want to sick that little penis in this hole. <laughs> wow, oh this is oh, getting weird. It's so off weird. And... drink before the draft. I'm glad we're not on camera anymore. <laughs> and uh, my beer of the week is from the Little Beaver Brewery. I did with <laughs> love them. I love them. Yes, I have uh, Wainbows. It's a hazy pale ale brewed with citrus. In Cascade, and it is very good. And it has. Do you have nice... any of those left? Yes, I have two left. How many? You might you have the same have... one. Tomorrow? Yes, it has a beautiful rainbow on it. So Angel liked it also. So bring one to the draft. Please. I'll give you one of mine tomorrow if you save one of those. All right, sounds good. And then bring the other one Deal. to the draft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's the beers of the week. What's it called? Rainbows. Oh boy. Maddie, how many of those beers have you had? Six. <laughs> <laughs> it's not my fault, people. Not my fault. No. Surprisingly I had, not. I had five I had five mirror lights before that. Oh good lord. Well at least and, he's hydrated. And, yeah, hydrated. And a little bit of Kentucky's best. Jesus Christ. Okay, so uh, final thoughts, Dave, before we get to the drunk guy. Final thoughts. Uh, I hope Maddie's awake by the time I finish this, but um, uh, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, always fun. Uh, just so everybody knows, uh, I will be drafting more than two players at the draft. Um, just so Maddie knows, I will be trying to make two or three trades before the draft. Um, so that, that is my goal. Um, I'm hoping spring training is kind to me. We'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm not being an auctioneer. Uh, I'll probably be there throughout most of the draft. I'm busting everybody's chops when I say I'm going to trade my team and whatnot. So, uh, you know, don't believe half of what you hear and believe the other half and trade me somebody good. So thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you, Maddie. So I got two things real quick. One, some of these texts about talking about like, you know, Dave's going to be done early and so-and-so might be done early. They can be the auctioneer. I think that'd be cool if we could find something that the people who are done early can do to critique the people that are drafting. I'll like be happy going to do that. Room. I'll be drunk, but I'll be happy. I know. That'd be fun, right? And you guys can, you guys can be like, oh, but, you know, I, I would like, I would honestly like it to be done in the sc- style of, don't say anything during the the drafting process of that player. So, you know, as we're bidding on that player, however it may be, if it's through a computer or live, you, you're quiet. But then after the fact, you start saying some stuff. Or maybe like four or five picks later, you're like, hey, just real quickly, Maddie just drafted, 
you know, uh, uh, Billy Smith. Billy Smith is not that good of a player. Me and Memo just looked up the stats, and holy Jesus, this guy is horrible. What were you thinking? You know, something like that. I think that could be fun. And then that would throw us off our game, too. But um, the other thing is I was going to say was um, – uh, Scotty texted me this the other day. It was like, I hate this time of the year. The draft's in like, you know, six weeks, and I'm itching to do something now. And that was how I felt when the winter meetings came up, and I was actually pressing to have them earlier because I'm like, I, I honestly, I, I don't like fantasy football really much that much anymore. I think it's, it's, it's something that is very lucky, very luck-driven, if you will, Um and also, too, I have a bitter taste in my mouth from this past year when we changed the rule at the last minute. Or, I'm sorry, we clarified the rule at the last minute. Um, either way, I am more uh, involved, dedicated to this fantasy baseball stuff. Um, we need to come up with something we can do in between the winter meetings and the draft. Something. I don't know what it's called. We can call it the um, jiggle time day whatever you want to call it we need to come up with something even if it's like uh everyone gets on a podcast and we all talk about something or we all have to make a trade and if you don't make a trade you lose a buck i don't have no idea but i feel like we need to come up with something that's between the winter meetings and the draft so i don't lose my mind or drink a six pack of beer in an hour i was gonna say you guys can come out and hang with me at a brewery or two but you know whatever we can lose the dollar for not making a trade too. We can do that. And still so come out and hang in with and lose the dollar. Yeah, you get yeah, I used to do a brewery run with me. I, we can figure it out. Wednesdays, Thursdays, always best for me. Nice. Well, Maddie, thanks for all your hard work as always putting this podcast together. Uh, great work, great job on the Google Docs and all that. Dave, great topics. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for getting us to do the beer of the week again. It was a pleasure having you on, as always. And then, um, you know, everyone enjoy your uh, your Groundhog's Day tomorrow and Super Bowl and go Chiefs, and you stay classy Chicago baseball.